The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. I'm delighted to be joined in studio by Dr. Tara Logan Buckley, the clinical psychologist, uh, because she's going to be here uh, this time on a Tuesday to help me, I suppose, dig a little deeper into the mysteries of the mind and mental health. Uh, Tara, you're welcome to the show. It's good to see you. Great. Thank you very much for having me back. Uh, so listen, I w- therapy, uh, that's what we're going to talk about this week and different forms of therapy. So I have uh, never been. So I want to paint a picture for you, OK, if I can. Yeah. I'm imagining you're sitting in a, a kind of a low back leather armchair because it's kind of professional but without being too formal Mm -hmm. you know Um, I'm lying on a sofa I've got something in my hand to keep my kind of fidgety hands occupied I'm kind of staring at the roof and I'm pouring my heart out is that it? It's similar, yeah, that would be it. I haven't had anyone lying on a sofa just yet with oh, me, right. though. Yeah, no, I think you're painting kind of the old Freudian picture there with the <laughs> chaise long and everything like that. But um, I never quite know how to sit in a chaise long, <laughs> so I feel I have to lie down. That's the problem. Yeah, I think they're designed for that. So you, you basically kind of have the premise right there. It's where you come into that space where it's you and a therapist and that space is yours for that duration of time. It's usually anywhere between 40 minutes to an hour, depending on the type of therapy that you're doing. And I imagine that regardless of whether somebody says they are seeing a counsellor, they're seeing a therapist, a psychotherapist, a psychologist, but all of the above are different or how different are they? Yeah, that's it. I think some people um, get confused. There's a lot, a lot of different information out there when it comes to accessing, for example, mental health services. And I think people get really bogged down because they find it really, they find it's quite difficult to tell the difference between them. So typically we kind of all know what a psychiatrist is. So a psychiatrist uses the medical model and they kind of deal with more complex psychiatric disorders and they typically use pharmacology as an intervention. When we look at kind of counselling and psychotherapy, those words can be used kind of interchangeably. So a counsellor or a psychotherapist. Counsellors tend to focus on an area of interest. So, for example, it might be bereavement. It could be, for example, addiction studies. It could be family therapy as well. And counselling tends to be a little bit more short lived than the likes of, let's say, psychotherapy. A psychotherapist typically will have more qualifications than what necessary counsellor has. So, for example, someone in counselling can go and do a diploma and call themselves a counsellor and not register, whereas someone who is a psychotherapist and registered will have roughly about seven years of education done because they need to have an undergraduate. They typically do a master's and then they need to have supervised kind of hours afterwards as well. And with the psychotherapist, the work tends to be a little bit longer and it tends to delve more into the mind and kind of finding out what's going on at a deeper level. And it typically talks about the past and childhood as well. Okay, so I'm I'm kind of, again, I'm thinking of maybe examples of my own life when we were in school and there might have been a tragedy in the school and Mm -hmm. counsellors are made available to people. And it's a short term thing. If anybody needs to talk to them, they're available. So who is going to psychotherapy then compared to counselling? So it completely depends. So, for example, if you're someone who's overcoming an addiction um, and you want to spend longer in therapy, if you're someone that has maybe noticed maladaptive patterns in your, let's say, relationship styles and you want to explore those, or you're kind of wondering where are these emotions coming from, then you might go to a psychotherapist for those. because it's What's a, a maladaptive pattern? So, for example, let's say that... Um, 
you get quite anxious and you're afraid to go out in public spaces. So your maladaptive coping mechanism might be to isolate yourself, to actually remove yourself from those, because in that moment, your anxiety actually eases and that feels really, really good for you. But the problem is when you do that long term is you're not wanting to go to go out at all at all. So it becomes a maladaptive coping mechanism. So it's short term, it gives you the relief, but long term, it's actually going to cause you issues. So, for example, another form of that might be using substances to escape from reality. That can be a maladaptive coping mechanism as well. Uh, so uh, um, w- within that framework then you hear things like um, like CBT, cognitive behavioural therapy, other types of therapy. Tell me a little bit about the, the types of therapy that are available to people or that they engage with. Yeah, absolutely. So I think when we think about therapy, automatically everyone thinks about our typical talk therapy. Mm. And if we think about counsellors and psychotherapists, that can necessarily be the case. For example, a lot of psychotherapists will use um, a psychodynamic approach or um, humanistic approach. Counsellors might work with, for example, behavioural therapy. They might use, as you said, cognitive behavioural therapy as well. Other forms of talk therapy might be delectral behavioural therapies. What's that? So we typically use that with people who might have a presentation of um, borderline personality disorder or emotional unstable personality disorder or people who are suicidal with eating disorders. So the lovely thing about that therapy is it's completely skills based. So what you do in that is you learn an awful lot of skills to be able to deal with your emotions, to re-regulate yourself and to take yourself out of a place of being really distressed into a place of calm. We have other forms of therapy, for example, art therapy, and people kind of forget about that, that in art therapy, it's a different way to express yourself without having to talk because not everybody can come to therapy and talk because for some people, that's a very traumatic thing for them to be able to do to bring up past events. So we have other ways of being able to guide people, even like self-guided stuff is in around therapy in itself, believe it or not, or also, for example, psychoeducation, where you just learn about maybe there's a disorder you're having or an experience and you get psychoeducation from a therapist, that's a form of therapy as well. And is the goal, and maybe the goal is different in all cases, but largely is the goal to equip people with knowledge or skills so that they they don't need a therapist in the future or what is it? Yeah, that's what we would like. Absolutely. I suppose for me as a clinical psychologist, um, I like to have a time frame where I work with people where I say, OK, I'm going to give you a certain amount of skills and then I want you to go out into the world again and I want you to be able to use these skills and see how they're functioning in your life. So for me, I try to do shorter term pieces of work instead of longer term. So kind of therapy is a lot of different reasons, I suppose, or goals at the end of it. One is to give people skills and coping mechanisms for the rest of their life to live Mm -hmm. a more rewarding life where they can, I suppose, um, regulate themselves and their own emotions. Another really important thing is to give someone that space where they can talk openly and in a non-judgmental manner. I think, you know, a lot of time people don't have that space. It dramatically improves your relationship with self and with others as well. It improves your own self-esteem. And what it can do is it can increase your own self-awareness about how do I behave in certain situations or actually what triggers do I have? Because we all have triggers. Mm. We all behave differently in different situations. And sometimes we need to go to therapy to be able to recognise, well, okay, what's happened in my life for me to be able to recognise these and then how can I get the skills to be able to reduce myself from triggering in these situations? I assume that's a challenge in and of itself, getting people to the point where they feel like that space is somewhere they can speak open and honestly and without judgment. Is it? Yes, absolutely. And you know, they turn up and they're like, <laughs> you know, Tara, you seem very professional, but I don't tell anybody these things. Why would I tell you? Absolutely. So you you picked on something really important there, the therapeutic relationship. And I don't think we talk about this enough. So one of the very first things I say to someone when they come into me is, that I need to be able to fit for you. So we need to get on because actually they kind of account that 
60% of the work is the therapeutic relationship between them and the yeah. therapist. And if that doesn't click, that's almost 60% of the work isn't going to. And what I say to people is, I mightn't be your cup of tea. And that's completely fine. Not all personality styles get on. So what I always say to everyone is, ring a lot of therapists. Ask them. Ask them their qualifications. Ask them their special areas of interest. Ask them how you used to working with someone like me. Then when you meet with them, Always, I say to everybody, meet with a therapist three times to get a sense for them. If, if you know in the first one, you know, that's absolutely great. But at the third session, like, you know what, this actually isn't working for me. Mm. We really want you to say that. I would much prefer for a client to say to me, hey, Tara, you know what, this doesn't end up clicking. And I might say, great, what are you looking for? Oh, actually, I have someone that that might suit you. Okay. And what people also forget about is the dynamic between the male and female. Sometimes someone needs a female therapist and sometimes someone needs a male therapist as well. So I think people forget about that. So a lot of the time people come and they feel like they have to stick with their therapist. That's not the case. I say try us out. Uh, is Are there kind of general gender rules? Do men generally like to talk to a woman more or a man? Um, I don't know the answer to that. I haven't personally experienced that in my own practice. I do kind of think sometimes people say that women are easier to open up to. Mm. Um, however, I, I wouldn't think, talk to a man. Really? No, oh, absolutely not. No way. Would you not think, though, that perhaps from a male perspective, they'd have an, an understanding? Mm, yeah, quite possibly. Like there's there might be very rational and logical reasons for me to talk to the man. But then I'd, I would just assume that uh, if in a binary dynamic, if I'm the one being vulnerable, then uh, he's the apex predator in the room. OK, yeah. you know, yeah. So you kind of need to get, uh, get rid of all of that before you go in. Yeah, you need to. But you know what? It's 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 really good because sometimes when we notice, let's say, for example, you're talking kind of like a power dynamic within that mm. space. If I notice a power dynamic within my my therapeutic space, I will name that because a lot of the time, if you name the uncomfortable stuff within the space, that's where the growth comes from. It's those really difficult conversations or when your therapist has noticed something or, for example, you might say, oh, am I triggering? I know that if I'm not triggering something in you, maybe I'm not doing things as well as I should be. All right. Well, listen, um, we're kind of tight on time and there's so much more we could have asked about. But thankfully, you are going to be here uh, um, uh, over the coming weeks at this time uh, on a Tuesday so people can set their alarm. Specifically, what are we talking about next week? So next week, we are going to look at adult attachment styles and how they appear in, let's say, romantic relationships. So really, really interesting. I understand I'm going to be a guinea pig. I have to do some sort of quiz do I beforehand yes I'm going to send you one to see what your attachment style is and we can talk about that alright okay I look, I'm not sure if I look forward to it I look forward to seeing you again anyway we'll, ta- we'll talk about the test then uh, Dr Tara Logan Buckley is a clinical psychologist The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk.